0: Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We're so glad you joined us today. If you've been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, amen. We come, you sound like you're about ready to go to sleep. Did you have your turkey already? We've come to the end of 2017, and uh, I... I say this as, as much as I can, but it's my privilege to bring the Word of God today. And uh, every, every opportunity I get, I'm humbled because who, is, who am I that God would use me? And nevertheless, He uses people. And so today, I'm, I'm privileged, I count it a blessing to be able to stand with you this morning, open the Word of God. And consider what he has to say. So it's an incredible feat, church, to know that tomorrow we get to start a brand new year. And all you had to do to achieve that is to make it through 365 days of 2017. How many of you are like, I made it and I'm proud of myself? (laughs) Amen? But all you had to do was make it through 365 days and voila! tomorrow you get a brand new year in front of you and we start a new year a new month a new week a new day you you get the idea right and we love that verse behold i do a new thing and a lot of us last last year around this time i preached that message for god wants to do a new thing and look at our building this year i guess that was a prophetic word We've been conditioned, I believe, to, to like and to want and now even desire new stuff and new things. And, and, and we like the idea that God wants to do a new thing because maybe we're not happy with what has already been in the last year, what you're hoping behind you by tomorrow. It's especially true... Uh, when the current situation is not going well, kind of like declaring bankruptcy. And I've never had to do that. I've read stories of people uh, who've had to do that. But basically, when you declare bankruptcy, you press a a new big button that says everything is new. You start with zero, but everything is new. All the debt, everything that was behind you is erased from your name, so to speak, but you start at zero. And the reality is, if you don't learn from your mistakes, you'll repeat it over and over and over again. So today, I'm sorry if this will burst your new bubble, but I'm not here to preach a message about fresh starts or new beginnings. Although there's a season and an appropriate time, maybe that God will have us visit that again. But I believe God wants to ruffle some of our feathers today. As we tackle the subject, finish what you started. Finish what you started. You see, we're obviously closing on 2017. Today is the last day. And you might be tempted to turn that page. And some of you want to turn it like in an hour or so and just get it done with. But what about those things that you still have yet to complete? Those things that are still undone? You have to finish what you started. And so this morning, my question to you is, are you ready to finish what you started? I don't expect you to say yes, because you're probably wanting it to be new and into 2018. But my prayer is that you would catch the heart of God in this message so that when I ask you in about 15, 20 minutes, you will catch it just as a side note before we get into it we we do have a parenting room available there's no child care offered this Sunday next Sunday it resumes in our normal time and sequence Um, but there's a wonderful parenting room just outside here and there's a nursing room for moms where this glass window is right here at the back so just take note if you need to use them they're there for you parents and um, we make sure that you're well looked after there and so If you have your Bible, would you open to Luke chapter 14 and stand to your feet as we read God's Word. Luke chapter 14, as we talk about finish what you started. Luke chapter 14, and we'll begin reading at verse 28. If you're there, shout amen. If you're still waking up, say, help me. Okay, by the way, we have coffee at the end of the service. Um, I'm not kidding now. Uh, And it'll be through those doors. So if if you need a little jolt after the service, know that it's coming and it's waiting for you. So Luke chapter 14, verse 28, say amen if you're there. Here's what it says. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? for if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it everyone who sees it will ridicule you saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish let's pray father we thank you this morning that we have your word as a lamp into our feet and a light for the pathway and god i pray that you would open up our eyes of our understanding that we might hear what your spirit is saying to us through the context of your word today. And God, as we turn the page on a new year, help us to finish what we started. I ask you now to anoint my mind, my lips, and my heart that I might speak your word. Thank you for this opportunity I have to speak to your church one last time in 2017. It's my humble privilege, and I ask for your anointing now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. In the text we just read, There's the context of a builder, and as we read it, we understand that you should count the cost before you start so that you can finish. Imagine just the foundation, and that's all you can finish and get to. Everyone would be able to ridicule you. And as a believer, there should have or would have been a day in your life where you counted the cost involved in saying no to yourself, to self. And yes to Jesus. That's as a believer. A disciple who gives up, in the context of what we just read, a disciple who gives up is likened to a builder, unable to finish the work because the funds run out. Or like the army commander who doesn't know the capacity of his own army before engaging a stronger enemy in battle. We have to count the cost. And if you consider yourself a Christian You know, I would rather say a disciple of Christ, someone who's living the life in Jesus's footsteps and after patterning, patterning their lives after Jesus, that we have to count the cost. It comes at a cost. And what what the scripture is actually telling us is that in the life of a believer, we say yes to Jesus, but we have to make sure that we go all the way. Or us, it's just playing the tease with God. Yes, Lord, we come and we cry at the altar, but then we leave and we're still the same. We pick up whatever addictions we had and we thought we laid them at the feet. We walk out and then we continue living the same way and we're just playing the tease with God. When God really desires us to be disciples, we lay it all down because we've counted the cost and we say, Lord, I know it's going to cost something. But this is worth it. And I'm willing to go and run the race, not a little bit, until I finish the race. And this morning, I believe that God is going to put in us a desire to not just start things, but to actually finish them. Can you say amen? Don't let your mind start racing to projects that are still left unfinished quite yet. But a disciple who gives up in midstream because the going is too tough is like salt which has lost its taste and is unfit for seasoning. It's not useful anymore. And this is what can happen when we say, yes, Jesus, I'll follow you. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. But then we don't do it. We don't really mean what we say. We just offer lip service. It's like salt that loses its saltiness I'm sure no one here would, would cook with sand. We want salt. And that's what God desires of our lives. So here's a quote for you to write down and to take home with you today. If you never start, you will never finish. If you never start, you will never finish. Now I know I said we're not going to talk about new beginnings and how God makes all things new. But the reality is, if we are talking about finishing something, it has to mean that we started something. Now, in the beginning, what did God do? He created the world, the heavens and the earth. So even with God's creation and we are his creation, there was a beginning and there is an end as well. There's an expiry date on on this container, this life right here, this body. And there's a, a starting point and a finishing point. And I'm grateful for the life that we have been given. But if you never start, you can never finish. And so to be able to be at the end of a year today, at 2017, Jan, uh, December 31st, it has to mean that there was a January 1st, 2017. So let's remember this. God gives us creativity and God initiates he's an initiator God starts we have to also have that ability so I'm not negating that but today you can start a hundred things but how how many have you finished that's what counts and I want to share with you some examples of start to finish that I think of through Scripture as I was preparing uh, these were just coming to mind in Genesis 11 we find in verse 31 Abram's father Terah. And you see, Terah was an initiator, and he started something. And here's what it says. One day, Terah took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarai, and his grandson Lot, and moved away from Ur of Chaldeans. He was headed where? For the land of Canaan. But they stopped at Haran and settled there. Verse 32 says, Terah lived for 205 years. And died while still in Haran. You see, he got up and he set out for where? Canaan. But he stopped midway in Haran and he died there. So you see, Terah, I give him credit because he was able to start the journey. But he couldn't finish it or he didn't finish it. He died midway. But then we know that the word of the Lord comes to Abraham, his son. And he says, now you're going to go. And you're going to make your way there. And I'm thankful that the call came to Abraham. And so it's important that we understand God's heart in this. Is that he wants us to finish what we started. He wants us to finish what we started. I think of Samson. Samson had a special call on his life. He was not to cut his hair. He took a Nazarite vow, and that was the source of his actual strength. That was the source of his strength. He did not have big muscles and walk around like a young Arnold Schwarzenegger, or else the Philistines would have never said, Delilah, find out his secret. You get it? If he had big arms, they would have known he's just a big, strong guy. But I believe he was an ordinary-looking guy who had supernatural or extraordinary strength. And so Samson ends up lulling under Delilah's love spell, if you will, and ends up telling her the secret. He says, the secret to my strength is in my hair. And what does she do? She tells the Philistines, and while he falls asleep... They cut his hair. Now, that's a shortcut to the whole story. You can read it in the book of Judges. But what happens is he loses his strength. You see, he, he was called to be a judge, Samson, to, to set God's people free. But in the midst of it, he, got, he stumbled through that journey with Delilah. But guess what? His hair began to grow again. His eyes were gouged out. He could no longer see. But in the last day of his life... The Bible says that he killed more Philistines than any other time. Did you know that? So it's important that we are able to finish what we started. For that was Samson's calling, was to fight the Philistines on behalf of God and set his people free. I think of David and his desire to build a temple And in 1 Chronicles 28, verse 3, it says, But God said to me, this is David, You must not build a temple to honor my name, for you are a warrior and have shed much blood. And then in verse 6 of that same chapter, Now he said to me, Your son Solomon will build my temple and its courtyards, for I have chosen him as my son, and I will be his father. And so the idea was birthed in David's heart, but it was actually his son Solomon that was going to be the one to see it fulfilled from start to finish, actually. David actually had a lot of resources, gold, silver, and supplies already ready for the temple. And God said, no, no, you're not going to do it. It's going to be your son. And you see, God uses people to accomplish his plan and purpose. But we have to be willing to go the distance. Can you say amen? Are you ready? Are you ready to finish, church, what you started? And then lastly, I think of Jonah. When God said, get up and go to Nineveh, he was like, okay. And instead of going right, he went left. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be like Jonah. But guess what? The fish swallowed him up, spit him back on the shore. And then he got to the point where he's like, okay, God, I'm going to still do it. And he goes to Nineveh, one of my favorite Bible stories. He goes to Nineveh, and they repent. And actually, he's upset and angry at that fact, but that's a whole other story. But he was able to finish what God had called him to start. And this morning, I know we have a few uh, younger kids here that maybe would be in class normally. But is it okay if we play a short game? Well, I'm going to do it anyways. It's called finish the lyric. It's a game called finish the lyric and for that I need to come to the piano and It's work. It works Would you stand to your feet church, I'm not gonna I'm just gonna get situated All right, so I haven't played piano in a little while but Um, A lot of people know that I'm terrible with lyrics. I can play the music from start to finish but I can't remember the lyrics. Sometimes I can't even start the lyrics so I had to write a few of the lines but what I'm gonna do is I'll start the lyric but I'll need your help to finish it and they're all church songs and here's the first one. What a friend we have in heard Enza, right? So then as the deer planted. Wonderful. There is So great is that. are some hymns some of the younger folks are looking around saying I don't understand a song that they've sung just yet so how about this one me to be able to play but it's harder for me to sing and you may be seated because you sang so well now I'm not making a mockery of our worship songs at all but I'm just using it to show you that if those words or lyrics would be unfinished what good is the song and I have a minor a music minor degree and I remember learning composition that there were certain chords that, classically speaking, you cannot end a song on, like a four or a dissonant chord. It has to resolve back to the one. And I know our modern worship music is different. We end on a minor six or a minor two or on a four. Don't worry if you don't understand that. But that's th- that's what's going on as we play, by the way, is numbers. It's math. And we learned that once you start writing a song, you have to finish it. If you've ever tried to do songwriting, and I know a few of you do that, or you're a lyricist and you write lyrics, it's hard when things are left unfinished. It's hard to start a song but not know the direction it needs to go next. And that's the whole point and illustration today is life is better when we finish it. A song is better when it's finished, and when it resolves. And we won't usually sing it unless we finish writing the song. Yet we are called to live this life, and it's a life where our next step sometimes is unknown. And here's where we get weary in running the race. Well, because every step seems to be, I don't know what I'm going to meet. And what's important for us is to know that every step I take, He takes too. With me, he takes with me as well. And so, Ecclesiastes 7 8 says, Better is the end of a thing than its beginning, because you find its true value when it's completed. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning. So, church, I'm gonna ask you again are you ready to finish what you started? Are you ready to finish what you started? A great example for our church is our overflow campaign. And I know we're sitting here in this building. It's, I, I can't say finished quite yet. Uh, we still have about 10% left to finish all the deficiencies and things like that. And what I learned here on the job site was our uh, architect, I believe, told us. He's like, the last 10% takes 90% of the time of the whole project to finish. It's the hardest part is that last 10%. And it's true. Try to get a guy to fix. The, is the heat cold in that back area? Someone wave at me. Is it warm? It's cold, right? Uh, this side is really hot. But to get the guy to come back and, uh, or the painter to come back and touch up a few things, it's hard and it's long because they're already moved on to other jobs. But in my opinion, this last 10% is the most critical. And and we have to finish what we started. And in our overflow giving, our overflow campaign, Pat gave us an update a few weeks ago on our giving. My hope is I'll work closely with our overflow team to give you an update on your giving status. We've gone X number of months, and you're this far along in your pledge, those of you who've pledged and we have to finish what we started in our giving in the construction of our church but especially in this life that we've been called to live that's the emphasis i want to make today and here's the thing you might say well when is the best time to finish what i started well today start now start here And I want to share with you some tips for goal setting for 2018, for the new year that's in front of us. And I I don't read self-help books. I'll be very honest about that. I I read mostly this. And and if something catches my eye, that's awesome. And and if it's helpful, great. But I want to share with you two simple things that I'm going to be doing in the new year for myself uh, in terms of setting goals. Number one, establish a goal. And then reverse engineer the process establish a goal and then reverse engineer the process i'm going to share with you in a second an example and then number two focus on creating small achievable steps and not on the big goals so don't focus on i gotta lose 30 pounds that's one of my goals i gotta lose 30 pounds instead what are the small steps that I must take every single week? Here's how I learned that lesson. I, I go to a chiropractor, and he asks me some crazy questions sometimes. And he's a Christian. He's a believer. So he said, um, this was actually the beginning of 2017. He's like, so any New Year's resolutions or like, what do you have planned that you're going to do differently? I said, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. And he's like, that's great. How? And I was like, I didn't really think that far, <laughs> but I know the goal is thirty pounds. And he said, "That's great, but what are the small steps to get you to your big goal? Because that's really where the the war is won, is fought, and it's won." And I was like, "Uh, like go to the gym three times a week." Like I was just making stuff up to answer his question of how. Um, but I the problem with what I said is he goes, you're a pastor. Are you really, and you have young kids, are you really going to go three times a week to the gym? Uh, he's like, you have to make it achievable. And so he said, don't answer me anymore, but go home and think about it. Obviously the whole year passed and I didn't answer him, but this year is what is going to be different is that I need to finish what I started. And this is my conviction, uh, and I'm preaching this morning. My, if my wife was in the room, she would nod her head at me. Um, this message I'm preaching to myself. And, and I, she goes, yeah, but you haven't even done it yet. I said, but that's the point. I have to practice what I preach. So I said, let me preach it. Because once it's out of the, the bullets, out of the gun, I have to practice it now. So I'm putting myself on the line to step out in 2018 to do some crazy stuff. Crazy good stuff. And so a more practical answer for me is going to the gym one time a week. Once I can do that, I maybe can say, okay, I'm going to up it to two times a week. And I have to make sure I do that. So number one, establish a goal and then reverse engineer the process. So what does that mean? Ask yourself, how will I get from here to there? How will I lose 30 pounds It's great to have that as a goal, but what are the steps every single week that you will take that will help you get to that point? I know I have to eat better, sleep better, and work out. I can't say more because I didn't do much of it in this past year. So I need to work out. And those are three key ingredients for me to reaching that goal. Now, I know it doesn't really sound spiritual, but hang on just a second. Finish what you start. Finish what you start. Small, achievable steps lead to big, impossible goals. Small, achievable steps are what lead to big, impossible goals. You see why? The small steps help you achieve a series of small wins. And with every win that comes, you will feel more confident in your journey and in what you've set out to do that halfway through the year, you're going to look back and say, 15 pounds lighter, and I feel great. I'm going to make it the other 15 in the next six months. There's a series of small wins that happen. But when I just look at the big goal, I just go, how? How will I lose 30 pounds? How will I get there? And you see, if I go to the gym once a week, in my context, 52 small wins in the year will get me moving towards my goal. And that's the key. I need to be moving towards the goal. So why? I can start. I can finish what I start. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 24 to 27 it says this. Paul speaking, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. My translation, run so you finish. Don't don't die out halfway. <gasps> run to finish the race. Run in a way that you will win verse 25. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. And so Paul was saying, train Your body, Like an athlete would train his, but train yours. And I'm going to train mine also towards godliness. And this is the journey that we have in front of us. You see, it's great to finish what you start at work. It's great to finish what you start as a home uh, do-it-yourself project. But here's the thing. With God, maybe we're saying in 2018, I'm going to show up for prayer and fasting for that week. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to read the whole Bible in the year. Great. How are you going to do it? How are you going to do that? Have a plan. Have achievable steps. I remember when I was 15 years old, I set out to do I had this chart uh, to read through the Bible in a year. And guess what? I did it. And it was hard. But as a 15 year old, I did it on the flip side. I think I was punished and I couldn't watch TV for six months. In that year but I read through the whole Bible instead of watching TV what a great great outcome instead and I was a better boy as a result but here's the thing you need to have the ability to break down the big goal into small achievable steps even in your walk with God did you know that we're gonna obviously bring things spiritual now so you have great plans and great desire for 2018 the things you want to do for God great but have small steps that you're going to continually take every single week where you will know I'm on track. Because here's the thing, when we don't have the small steps, we know if we have the small win or not. And if we're not winning in the one week, we know it's not happening. So we have, we have the ability to correct it every single week. Or if you want to break it down, every single day I will read my Bible. Every single day I will get up before my kids, if that's possible, and pray. And those are little things. And you know, did I get it or not? Did it happen or not? And the best thing you can do is finish what you started. So you might start and have some great goals. And you might miss here and there or things happen in life and things change. But guess what? Finish what you started. When I was reading through the Bible as a teenager, there were, you know, I remember having to catch up five days at a time. And I stayed up till I finished reading. My dad's like, what are you doing there, watching TV? I'm like, no, I'm reading my Bible. I'm not allowed to watch TV, remember? And and do it. Finish what you start. And the best example I can lead you to this morning in this message and leave with you is the example of Jesus. You see, when God sent his son, he didn't sell short and he didn't stop short. He went the distance for you and for me he was able to finish what he started. And in fact, when Jesus was on the cross, he simply said, it is finished. And he knew that he accomplished on this earth what God had called him to do. And yes, he resurrected, but then it wasn't much longer, and he he ascended to heaven. You see, God will never ask you and me to do something he himself is not willing to do. And so he finished what he started. One day, Jesus is coming back again to finish what he started on this earth. And I don't know if you know that. Um, If you heard in the news a couple of weeks ago when Donald Trump, the president of the United States, said, well, we recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and they moved their embassy there. That to me made my heart not skip a beat, but start beating a little faster, saying, Lord, the time is short. The time is short. And and the return of Jesus is sooner than you expected. And so I just want us to be reminded this morning that Jesus is coming back to finish what was started. And as the church, he's coming back to take us home. And in Philippians 1, verse 6, speaking of this finish line, It says this again, Paul writing, and I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished. When? On the day when Christ Jesus returns. When is my finish line? When do I get to finish what God started in me? When he says I'm done, either I will die or Jesus will come back. Those are the two ways. My grandfather's 88 years old, and he turns 89 in March. His health is slowly starting to fade, but I remember he told me years ago that he said, my prayer is that I see the rapture of the church. I want to be raptured up. I don't want to die. And I said, well, you're doing a great job so far. And uh, and he had this book that he would read all about how, how the end would happen and things like that. Um, I said, no, no, you make sure you read your Bible still, right? Not just this book that someone wrote. Uh, But the the principle is this, that I have to run this race. And and God is working in you every single day of your life. I don't know if you know that or not. But he who began a good work, notice it's a good work, in you will be faithful to complete it when he comes. And that's when Christ comes. I'm going to ask the band to come back. And we're going to close out 2017 with our hands lifted high, worshiping, worshiping the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we're going to thank God for his faithfulness. Can you say amen? We're going to thank him for his faithfulness. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. And I believe that as we come to the close of this year, some of us will have the ability in the 12 or so hours we have left In 2017 to finish what you started I have a lot of things that are I've started in 2017 that are not quite done but here's another thought I want to leave with you before we begin to worship the Lord is who said just because 2017 is done and 2018 is now upon us that we can't finish even tomorrow what we already started in 2017 who said just because it's a new year it's done and you could move on no let's let's determine in our hearts to finish what we started. You see, that's God's plan for you and your life, that, that you will finish whatever has been started. My prayer is that God would be the initiator in your life, but you got to run till the end of the race. And let's worship the Lord together, and then we're going to close this. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear about it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.